Morphin Legacy presents The Grid. Howdy, Ranger Nation. This is Shatteray22, Vice President of MorphinLegacy.com. Welcome you to another grid ranking, where we'll be discussing Yellow Rangers. Joining me in this grid ranking is Austin. Hi. Alrighty, so how this will work is we'll have a conversation about each Yellow Ranger, and then each of us will list our favorite and least favorite Yellow Ranger at the end. Ranger of Knowledge, Grid Ranger Metallic, Silver! Ranger of Queerness, Grid Ranger Metallic's Rosé! Grid Ranger, Ranger Slay, Slay ready, ready to, to save, save the, the day. day. Okay, so let's start off our Yellow Ranger discussion with the OG Yellow Ranger, Trini Kwan. It's Morphin time! R.I.P. The character now. So Trini Kwan is one of the original Angel Grove teens that was chosen by Zordon to become the Mighty Morphin Yellow Ranger. She has martial artist skills. And that's pretty much it besides translating Billy's Techno Babble. Yeah, she's nice. She likes to kick butt. She translates Billy Techno Babble. And she had a thing for a guy named Richie in season two. That's about it. I forgot about Richie. When he was introduced in season two, it was around the time where the cast changed happened. So not a lot of episodes with him. This is when the show was starting. They didn't really know what they were doing. She's sadly a surface level character in the show. And that's why the comics are great. They allow the writers to explore more. Yeah, they get to be a lot more in depth with character development and whatnot. The characters in season one were pretty much just surrogates for the kids watching at home and role models. And they all had that one trait. Kim does gymnastics. Jason does karate. So let's talk about some of her focus episodes. High five! We learn Trini's fear of heights and we get the iconic, Billy, you're too high! Which was referenced in Once and Always. I love that. For whom the bell trolls? Where we learn that Trini has a doll collection she sews at her high school show and tell, which I guess high school have those in Angel Grove, but that's kind of weird for- A high school? Yeah, no. And one of them, Mr. Tickle Sneezer, is turned into a monster, but this is revealed to be a dream. Wait, that was all a dream? Yeah! The whole episode was a dream. That's so weird. I guess they couldn't find a way to make that make sense in context of being real. In real life, the plot for this episode would be a horror movie. Move over, Chucky. So moving on to our next focus episode, no clowning around. We learn that Trini has a cousin named Sylvia, and she gets turned into a cardboard cutout by Pineapple the Clown. That's so campy. I always say this, transport me to the universe in everything, everywhere, all at once, where it's a rock. That's what this is giving to me. You're just a rock. Be a rock. Just be a cardboard cutout. I would live for that. I do like a scene in No Clowning Around where Trini's like, clown, back off. She knew that things were going down even before she knew he was a monster. She sussed him out. The trouble with shell shock. The monster shell shock makes Trini run really, really fast. 
to get flowers. This was also on our friends in Once and Always. Yes, it was. Plague of the Mantis. Trini trains and praying mantis kung fu and fights the praying mantis monster, which was also referenced in Once and Always because Min practices praying mantis kung fu. And she did that same pose and Robo Rita called it out. Welcome to Venus Island. Trini saves some girl she's taking care of from an island of giant Venus flytraps. Trini doesn't get a lot in season two. That's kind of our only focus episode. Beyond being a club hogger in Bloom of Doom. Ah, yes. Love that episode. After she goes to the peace conference because Tree Twang left the show and she was replaced by the next ranger we're going to talk about. So she goes to her peace conference. She moves back to Angel Grove and we learn that she had a daughter named Min. She also dies in the special Protecting Billy from Robo Rita. R.I.P. It was definitely true to the character because her first focus episode is Protecting Billy. Yeah. So we mentioned her a little bit in the passing of the Yellow Ranger powers. So let's talk about our next Mighty Morphin Yellow Ranger, Aisha Campbell. It's Morphin time. Aisha's my girl. Alright, so Aisha is one of the three Stone Canyon students that somehow moves to Angel Grove for no reason, but we know why, wink wink, that befriends the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when Jason, Zach, and Trini are doing other things. Wink wink. And she eventually gets chosen by Trini to take on her powers as Yellow Ranger, and she is essentially Kimberly's best friend for most of her run. That's the role she kind of fits. She also single-handedly defeated Ivan Ooze by giving him a little kick in the crotch in the movie yes she took care of business when master vile turns back time with the orb of doom and she goes on her zeo quest she decides to stay in africa and passes on the zeo crystal to tanya aisha just volunteered in an animal center in angel grove as a student i guess she knows more about the doctors in africa let's be real the only mighty morphin ranger that got a good send-off was kim which is too bad i would have liked to see aisha get more of a send-off than that she gave them heads up that she thought she was going to get a similar send-off to amy Joe, but they were just like, hey, we could use this Zeo quest to send her out. Don't even give her a send off with the actress. She comes back and once and always, of course, and we learn that she is working for Space Patrol Alpha. So she didn't just get stuck in Africa forever. Yeah, she's in space. And she gave her blessing to a certain character we will talk about later. Oh, so cute. Okay, so let's talk about her focus episodes. Her first is Where There's Smoke, There's Fire, where she is obsessed with fire safety. She was very hyper-focused on fire safety this episode, which I guess rubbed off on Rocky. That's a cute head cannon. I like that. He should have been Stone Canyon Fire Department. Don't get me started on that. I know. We'll talk about it in our Once in a Weird review in a few weeks. Forever Friends. Aisha's bitch of a Stone Canyon friend, Shauna, comes to Angel Grove and shades Kim the entire episode until she learns that she is also from a broken family. That is a pretty iconic episode, too. So, essentially, Aisha's from some Stone Canyon pretty much shades Aisha and Kim the whole episode until Kim and Shauna are captured by Goldar. And Kim's like, my parents are divorced. Your parents are divorced so are mine the director for forever friends said take five but the actress for sauna heard change lives we talked about this before but the mighty morphin power rangers movie she gets some iconic one-liners like Kiss the makeup. time to boogie with the bear taking care of business I love her in that movie and her look, fashion. We also have Stop the Hate Master Part 1 and 2. Aisha has to deal with racism, I mean classism, when she isn't allowed into some club because her parents don't make enough money. Kim's allowed in the club and she lives with Aisha. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know, that episode's a little confusing in places. And lastly, we have The Sound of Discordia, where Aisha and Kat come up with a cool song for Angel Grove High School. Angel Grove. 
at Hasbro. Why is that not on Spotify? I think that we talked about all we can about Aisha. So let's move on to Titus, the Yellow Aquitian Ranger. Yellow Ranger Ho, what can you remember about this character? Gun to my head. I could not tell you his name if it wasn't written in front of me. Like, I would be dead right now. He is the most forgettable Equation Ranger. Delphine has the girly popness. Sestro has the whole Billy connection. Quarkus, the only reason we care about him is that his actor's gay. Orko, he was in Forever Red, so I guess that's something. Titus, nothing. He ate popsicles and blinked a lot. I think that's it. I do that too, though, so work. Do you also get dehydrated really quickly like an Equation? I can. It depends on the day. So does anyone else have anything to say about Titus so we can move on to the holiday monitor. Now let's get on to the good stuff. All right, let's move on to the Zeo Turbo Queen, Tanya Sloan, the yellow Zeo Ranger and the first yellow Turbo Ranger. It's morphin' time. Zeo Ranger, go yellow. Okay, so Tanya's introduced as a girl in Africa. She's an American that was left with a tribe when her parents went exploring. And they went missing. And went missing for three years. So she's chosen by Isha to take her place on the team as the Yellow Zeo Ranger. And she won't let anyone talk back to her. She has so much self-respect. She is a singer. She is a DJ. All right, so some focus episodes from Miss Tanya. Shooting star. She gets a boyfriend in the third episode. That's a cheater. On tests. Ooh. I know it's a good lesson for the kids, but in real life, who gives a fuck? Power Rangers your role model. So- I know. If you saw someone cheating on a test, that has nothing to do with you. And it was a red flag because the next episode she's focused in, Rangers in the Outfield, we learned that Tanya's pretty good at softball and she joins the softball team. But she also has to deal with sexism because her boyfriend, Sean, is mansplaining to her the old episode and telling her she sucks because she's a girl. And then she breaks up with him. No, I don't think so. See, ever since I joined this team, you've given me nothing but negative attitude. If you cannot support me, then I don't think there's anything else we need to discuss. Period. I think that was important for kids to see. Tanya as a character is all about sticking up for herself. I think that's important to teach people. She needs to stick up for herself and she needs to stick together. Speaking of sticking together, Song Song Yellow. We learned Tanya can sing and gets to at Ernie's Late Night Club. That's such a good song. Alright, next up, the lore of Orc. Tanya gets a key to the Lost Tiki of Orc from Aisha and also finds her parents on Mysterio Island. For people who don't know, Tanya was living with Kat, I think, at this point, until I guess she reunites with her parents. And they just moved to Angel Grove, I guess. Were they living there before? I don't think they care to explain that shit. How often do you see a parent in Power Rangers? At this point, at this point now, parent is like a main character in every season. All right, so moving on to another song and dance. Tanya tries, emphasis on tries, to teach Tommy how to sing and gets put under a spell that forces her to sing everything she says. That's probably like my favorite from Zion. And lastly, she gets the episode Transmission Impossible, where she gets a job at a radio station in Angel Grove that gets hijacked by a message from Dimitri's friend, Visceron. Yeah, Tanya didn't get a lot of turbo, unfortunately. She got stuck babysitting Justin and shit. Mm-mm. Whose white child is this? Like, I'm 
take this man? It's pretty much them being like, let's just do episodes, not care about progressing the characters because they're pretty much going to ring out after we can recast them. But let's talk about Tanya's replacement, Ashley Hammonds, the second yellow Turbo Ranger and the yellow Space Ranger. Shift into turbos. thing. So Ashley is introduced as a cheerleader in the episode where Carlos is also introduced and she kind of has a thing for him. Which is kind of awk, considering where that goes. So Ashley is chosen to become Tanya's replacement after she saves some kids from a monster attack. And pretty much every episode, she's a different person. <laughs> Turbo. Because in A Drive to Win, she's a cheerleader. In Stitch Witchery, she's a fashion designer and makes ugly flannel jackets. Oof. Turn of the Wretched Wrench, where she's a mechanic now, I guess. The Rival Rangers. Oh, I love this episode. I introduced Austin to this episode recently because I wanted to watch some random episodes from Turbo. But this on the list, they were obsessed. Love. They were all catty with each other, shading each other. Because we love a Rift in the Rangers. Any episode where the girls are fighting. Bloom of Doom, Rival Rangers, Rift in the Rangers. When they are just going into each other, yeah. So, of course, Hilarity sues in this episode. And she's into to a third girl, of course. Alright, so that was her Turbo era. Her in-space era. She pretty much just becomes Andrus's love interest for the whole season. She worries about him. She cares about him. She's in a love triangle with him and Zane. That's pretty much her character the whole season. Which sucked. In-space was focused more I would say on story versus character, which is fine. In Space is a story-based season and the story is pretty much dangerous. I love it though. It's my favorite season. But she does have one. Oh, she has two episodes. Why did I forget about this episode? Grandma Matchmaker. I forgot about that episode. I don't know why. Where we see Ashley's granny that wants to hook her up with some menses, but then she pretends that she's into Carlos, which I guess is kind of a little wink to last season where they kind of had a thing. That was funny. Like a little fake dating moment. I want to know who dressed poor Grandma Grandma matchmaker because Miss Thing, what is that look? Yeah, she's in like overalls and watermelon earrings the whole episode. And like a backwards cap, I want to say. Dress your age, girly. Yeah, where's the moo-moo? I think they kind of dressed her like the Sentai character. This was one of the episodes where they were like, let's just take the story and just adapt it 100%. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next episode she has focused in. Invasion of the Body Switcher, where she has a Freaky Friday moment with Astronema. Mwah. And we're treated to these hammy over-the-top performances from Tracy Lynn Cruz's Astronomer, and I love it. It's great. Love no crumbs. And lastly, we have a Rift in the Rangers, where we get our iconic fight between Ashley and Cassie. I could, like, lip-sync to that. I know it by word. That was three weeks ago. Like, three years ago! I tried to say something this week, and I'm done for that. You're not too bad! And she gets kidnapped by Psycho Yellow. But speaking of her, let's talk about her for a second. Our first evil ranger on the list, Psycho Yellow. Yellow! Psycho Yellow! She's hot. Yeah, Psycho Yellow is definitely cunt. She serves cunt. Not really lots character-wise for these characters. She's probably the smartest of the Psycho Rangers because in one episode where all the guys are like, where's the Blue Ranger? Where's my Ranger? She's like, I'm just gonna buy my time and wait. Bye, bitches. And then she does all that betrayed moment in The Rift and the Rangers where she pretends she's gonna capture the Pink Ranger, but she's really after the Yellow Ranger. I also love when she is disguised as that old lady. That's funny. Help! Help! <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> That's funny. So moving on to the next Yellow Ranger on the list, Maya, the Yellow Galaxy Ranger. Go! 
or the first lesbian on this list. So yes, Maya is a jungle girl from Miranoi. She spent her whole life on Miranoi waiting for the quasar sabers to be lifted out of the stones. Until one day, Furio comes with an army of Stinglingers to get the sabers. And her and four other humans decide to lift them up. And she becomes the Yellow Galaxy Ranger. So she's pretty much used as the fish out of water for the most. Not really, though. Does she? Kind of? Maybe? Um, Some points. In Orion Rising, kind of, because she didn't know. Yes. In Orion Rising. I was saying it, but then I'm like thinking, like, she didn't really have that much trouble with technology. She's not like Coda. She's not dumb, but she just doesn't know human traditions and social cues. She doesn't know birthdays. She kind of is the person that explains to the Galaxy Rangers the lore behind the Quasar Sabers. Mm -hmm. And the Galactic Beasts, she's the only one that knows how to talk to the Galactic Beasts somehow. I don't know how, but maybe Mira Noyans know how to do that. And she has has her little sexual tension with Kendrick's, of course. Mm-hmm. Like in Orion Rising, the lesbians fight over a birthday cake. Classic. You forgot to go shopping. I can't believe it. It's my fault you ate my cake. I'm starving. We also have memories of Miranoi, where the lesbians are fighting again, but this time it's due to Maya's friend. Somehow has been on Terra Venture this entire time. And this is the first time she's interacted with her in like, what, 25 episodes? Yeah, right. But of course, she's a monster in a disguise that wants to steal the galaxy book. Ain't fooling Kendrick's, Miss Thing. Nice try. Mm-mm. She was the one that was sussing her out this entire time. I'm like, are you sure? She was leaving the middle night for something, and then she came back, she was limping. Are you sure she's legit? I don't think so. We also have Loyax's last battle. No lesbian fighting this time, but we have to deal with sexism because the sexist monster named Loyax wants a final battle because he's an old ass bitch. So he's of course sexist. So Maya has to, I guess, prove herself that she's a warrior worthy to fight him. I think she could have used one more focus after Kendrick's dies. She needed a moment to breathe and actually have focus on her grief and move past. That is her best friend slash girlfriend. There was an episode they wrote with Cassie in mind that they cut where Trakina takes the Astro Mega ship. That didn't really go into it though. I would have liked an action episode that focuses on her grief i think that would have been a cool thing to explore that would have been good but that whole lost galaxy production was a whole mess i'm surprised it was as good as it was to be honest all right we talked about one lesbian let's talk about another kelsey winslow the yellow lightspeed ranger Kelsey's introduced rock climbing, so I guess she's a rock climber that is chosen by Lightspeed with four others to become the Lightspeed Rangers. She is the Yellow Ranger, of course. Well, you know, rock climbing, lesbians are athletic, so. She's always seen rollerblading or doing something. Rollerblading to free ride. So Kelsey's rollerblading and she meets an astronaut named Nancy and saves her dog. That dog was dumb as fuck. Why are you just walking out into the road and sitting down he's like mm, i'm gonna sit down i'm tired no step perception from this poor doggy i know so yeah she meets her future wife nancy who is an astronaut who she saves later in the episode when she goes into space and one of diabolico's monster tries to kill her with his wind monster we also get some more backstory from kelsey in the fifth crystal we learn that kelsey has a rich granny was a crystal and she cares about that crystal more than she cares about her granddaughter and she likes money if anything i'd be like so i'm in the will right granny this grandmother is so over the top rich she's introduced in her mansion and she's like i'd love to sit and chat but I must be off to the bank. 
And then Kelsey tells her about the crystals. Like, I can't believe you still lost my crystal. That is a family heirloom. Get out. And then she feels guilty, of course, because this is the Power Rangers. So you got to learn a lesson. So she just comes in with like a fucking, what are those called? A cherry picker or something? Or one of those things you move boxes with? And she's like decked out in hockey gear. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is eternal shift. And we also have the gray deck caper. Kelsey befriends some dude with a demon egg. That's about it. She also has some parts in In the Limelight where she's a little jelly about Dana becoming a fashionista and then Coco Cashmere suggests she'd be a glitz girl at the end of my girl. She is a lesbian. She's not a lipstick lesbian. She's a butch lesbian. She exclusively wears her hair in a ponytail. Come on. There was that episode where they were all disguised. It was Olympias. Oh, right. Right, 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 right. When all the rangers get captured in Olympias disguises. She's all perky and stuff. I'm like, she's not this perky. Mm-hmm. That was funny though. And then when Olympias tries to open up the security doors and she's like, Hey! You know, you need to use your pass key. Oh, I knew that. Alrighty, moving on to Katie Walker, the Yellow Time Force Ranger. So Katie is a Time Force officer with super strength because people in the future are genetically created in a lab. That's the whole backstory of the Rancic. People in the future don't bump purses anymore. They uh, have their babies grown in a lab. I want to know the logistics of that. Are they still pulling sperm and eggs for parents to modify these babies? I'm guessing that two parents come together. They donate a sample. The organization that makes babies puts their DNA together. They're like, okay, here's some imperfections. You want super strength? Here you go. And that's a perk, I guess. I guess that does reduce deaths from births and stuff. Or complications from pregnancy. I guess it makes everyone in the future very attractive, too. Oh, well, of course. No ugly people in the future. All right, so let's talk about some uh, focus episodes for Katie. Future unknown. Katie has a valid crisis about changing shit in the future and how it's going to affect her life and her family. That's such a good episode. That's probably one of the only good Katie-focused episodes of the season, unfortunately. And I love her running like, instamorph she does oh, it's, it's so badass and then she has her like little meltdown she's like I've got more reason to fight than anyone so what's wrong so what's wrong with me I'm afraid I'll never get to go home I can't give up The only chance I have is to fight. That is a valid meltdown right there. You're in the past. You don't want to change too much because you have this perfect family in the future. You worry that the littlest of things is going to change the future. Realistically, you could step on a bug and then alter everything. We also have the legend of the clock tower. Katie goes through a portal to the past and deals with Diet Gaston and changes some dude's love life in the past. So yeah, that episode was just, I don't know. We don't know if it's a dream. We don't know if Katie changed time herself, even though she made a big deal about changing the past in her previous focus episode. And like, lastly, because Time Force is all about red and pinks in this season, we have Full Exposure, where Katie's pretty much gets a job with Peter Parker, who learns about the Time Force Rangers identities. She, of course, is able to talk into not getting famous by selling the photos to J. Jonah Jameson. I like that episode. That's a good episode, but it's not really about Katie. Well, without her, all their identities would be exposed. Yeah, because Peter Parker wanted to make some money off those photos. Not to sound like a bad person, but I would sell the photos. Unfortunately, after that, Katie doesn't really have any other focus episodes because it's the West Jen and Eric show. I do like Movie Madness when she is wearing that like beautiful dress. Oh yes. The musical number? Oh, I love it. I love Katie. 
I wish she got more episodes. All right, so moving on to the Yellow Ranger with a lot more focus, Taylor Earnhardt, the Yellow Wild Force Ranger. So she is pretty much the leader of the team before Cole joins. Of course, when Cole joins, because he's the Red Ranger, he has to be the leader. Coming off a season where the Pink Ranger was the leader, we can't have the Yellow Ranger be the leader, really. And she was also the first one chosen by Princess Shayla, and she was a Ranger for a full year before Cole came around. That's bullshit. He doesn't know the first thing about being a Ranger. It's also a bullshit explanation that she comes with. It's the Lioness King of the Jungle. So is his chosen ranger. Shut the fuck up. You watch Lion King too many times. So yeah, her backstory is essentially she was on a plane one time and she saw the Yellow Eagle Wild Zord flying towards the plane. And then years later, she was inspired to join the Air Force. The plane drops on Animaria. She's found by Princess Shayla and she's the first one to join the team as the Yellow Wild Force Ranger. But the thing is that the two girlies are the first one to join the team before Eddie men go. So Period. for a while, Wild Force were an all-girl team. But then when the men join, they outrank her. That's horse shit. Oh, you know what the biggest bullshit moment of Wild Force was? When Cole grabbed her Wild Force Ranger manual and he's like, I just throw this out. Has anyone seen the rule book? Oh, good. I'm glad to see you're studying up. Too many rules. What do you mean, too many rules? What, I... what he meant to say was... We just need uh, one rule. Teamwork. Yeah. I, I like that. For example, we could use his strength and Alyssa's knowledge and your, um, good looks. <laughs> uh, my quick mind. <laughs> the only rule that we need is teamwork. In that book, it's not necessary. Not necessary? Shut the fuck up, Cole. You're raising a jungle. Get the fuck out of here. Learn some manners. Okay, so let's talk about some of her episodes. So click, click, zoom. We get that backstory in the Air Force. And she literally loses her body, yaddy, yaddy, thanks to a camera monster. Bear necessities. Taylor gets some flowers, some, some boys who are revealed to be the Bear Brothers. And Teen Carnival. Taylor takes two kids who are Max and Kutch. And they fight Jinjax and his brother, Juggalo. You know, for being the girl boss of the season, she deserved way more focus. <laughs> what are these episodes? Her first focus episode, she's invisible the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> She's a damsel in distress. After Taylor hangs up her jacket, literally, as the Yellow Wild Force Ranger, she returns to the Air Force, and she kind of cheats. She gets to see the Yellow Eagle every day when she goes on her little Air Force missions. That's not cheating, that's just a little treat. I smell stunt. This is Nakia Baris, a.k.a. Tanya Sloan from Power Ranger Zeo and Power Ranger Turbo, and you're listening to The Grid. Hello! Who made you podcast monitor? Moving on to our first Disney Ranger, Waldo Dustin Brooks, the Yellow Wind Ranger. Panda Storm, Ranger Form, 
so Dustin is a motocross racer that works at storm charges and also in his downtime learns how to be an earth ninja at the wind ninja academy he's also a super airhead that is a little too trusting sometimes but there's not really a lot to say about dustin he's an airhead he's a lovable goof he's an earth ninja and let's talk about some of his focus episodes like looming thunder dustin trusts the moto bros a little too much which gets the tsunami cycle stolen all about Beevil, where dustin gets a little too trusting again then, thinking Mara wants to be good and charges up a device that powers up the Monster of the Week Beevil. Doesn't she literally call him a dum-dum in this episode? Yes, and it breaks my heart. Thanks for the energy boost, girlfriend. Our plan worked like a charm. You can thank the dum-dum ranger for that. You lied to me. Well, duh. Dustin was the only one who trusted you, who saw any good in you, and this is how you pay him back? That's low, even for you. Hey, it's not my fault he's dumber than me. And we also have Tongue in Cheek, where Dustin gets an ego boost after his superhero identity gets some buzz after he saves Storm Chargers from getting roughed up by some thugs. So yeah, Dustin's pretty much the same character the whole season. He's a dum-dum. I think he's a pothead too, because there's an episode where he talks about why the sky is see-through. Hey, you guys ever wonder why the sky is blue and not, like, see-through? No. Not me. Cause, I mean, it's just air, right? It should be see-through. You ever wonder about that? Uh, Dustin, I'm the air guy. You know, power of air. You worry about the dirt, figure out why dirt's brown. <laughs> that sounds like something you'd say when you're high. Yeah, he pretty much stays the same character the whole season, except he goes from motocross to freestyle. So he just does some crazy stunts. Development, I guess? Okay, so moving on to our next ranger, don't call her Kira Ford, the yellow diner ranger. Avril Lavigne. So Kira Ford is essentially Avril Lavigne. She's a punk rock singer that's just playing her little guitar everywhere she can in front of school at Haley Cyberspace. She's just trying to get a career going. And that's pretty much what most of her focus episodes are about. Like in Diva in Distress, we learn that Kira has an old friend named Kylie Styles, a pop star who gets her youth sucked out by one of Mezagog's mutations. Honestly, that totally sounds like a pop star name. Good on the writers. Leader of the Whack, we get a personality altering meteor that makes her a valley girl because i guess that's one of her recessive traits yes there's also the missing bone where she's put under hypnosis by a t-rex bone monster that tommy and anton made that gets her to give him a bone in tommy's basement to make him a full-on monster it's a mad mad mackerel has kira get an internship at the funky fisherman cartoon cavalcade and he has to deal with diva behavior from said fisherman that's a good one and we also also have A Star is Torn, where Kira tries to get a talent manager, played by Kelson Henderson in his first Power Ranger role, to make her famous by changing her whole image. I do like, even though Kira kind of had a thing going on with Trent, I like that her focus episodes were not about that. 
Pirates. After he turns good, they're just like, eh, whatever. Because in Thunderstorm, she kind of like has a thing for Blake, which I'm like, what? And Trent's sitting right there, and I'm like, what? Well, that makes no sense either, because I thought Blake and Tori were a thing. And that's not even mentioned either. Comes up with bops, like, patiently, freak you out. In these trio seasons, it's always, especially because she's the only girly on the team, I feel like it puts more pressure on them to be, like, a really strong character, and she sells it. Moving on to SPD Z Delgado, the B Squad Yellow SPD Ranger. SPD! Emergency! So yeah, Z, her backstory includes her being a street thief that steals from the rich and gifts of the poor. That joins SPD being pressured by the police to be like, hey, you want to spend the rest of your life in jail or do you want to join the cops? And she chooses the cops. That's totally a cop thing. They force her to join the team for essentially giving to the poor. Capitalism. Capitalism. And she doesn't really have a lot of focus. She can duplicate herself. She's tough. She's got an accent. The nepotism, I guess, because we learn that Z's parents worked at SPD too. And that's how they got their genetic powers. Through genetics! They inherited them. Why can't I be a Nepo baby? God. So, uh, Z doesn't really have a lot of focus episodes. She kind of has one with Sam part one and two. She prevents Sam, a street kid that can teleport things. And then she can relate to Sam because she was a street kid with superpowers that was made up for having powers. And in the scene where you see this, you literally see kids saying, monster, monster. And there's literally like a bug alien in the class. I'm like, nobody's making fun of the bug alien that's the monster. Are you kidding me? He's right there. But yeah, that's about it. She stays in SPD after they beat the Cherubians and she just continues to be the Yellow Ranger, even though she never gets a promotion. She just stays yellow. Even without focus, I couldn't tell you anything about her. They don't do anything with her. She's tough. She has a rivalry with Morgana. She says Morgana, which is pronounced wrong. The Pink Ranger eats you up, honey. Sorry. All right, let's talk about someone with even less personality, the A-Squad Yellow Ranger. (laughs) Second rate. No name. He's just a white guy that turned bad because he wanted to be the best of the best of the best. And he has the yellow Space Ranger helmet. You gotta figure, though. You want a yellow Ace God Ranger figure? You can probably find one somewhere. Still wait on Jen, though. Yeah, I don't have a Jen, but thank God this fucker doesn't have a name as a figure. The entire Ace Squad has figures. Talking about someone I really don't like either. Chip Thorn, the yellow Mystic Ranger. Fast as lightning! I don't know what rubs me the wrong way with Mystic Force. I'm just not really a big fan. We can move on to the focus episodes now. Like Code Busters, where Chip and Vita decide to do some good deeds to get some spell codes at a faster pace. And I guess they learn not to cheat. Is that the episode where they get their little broom bike thingies? Uh, yes, I think so. I remember McDonald's had Super Legends Happy Meal toys around Mystic Force thing. And like red and green got little bike toys where you would like pull back on it and then it speeds off. We also have Stranger Within. Vita becomes a vampire and Chip becomes hyper-focused about vampires to cure her with a Dawn Crystal. If I had a friend that became a vampire, I would just be like, can you turn me to? Or are we not that close? And we also have Cell Spectre, where Chip just opens some bottle left by Nikolai that ends up eating himself open from the inside. And I guess he goes through a little thing with Daggeron where he wants to be a knight, but that's kind of not really focused on because the rest of Mystic Force after the Ten Terrors arrive are all 
all about Nick. I hate that. I wouldn't say I hate the Mystic Force characters except for Nick, but they just don't get as much focus as they should have. Like Madison, her only focus episode is being a stone. She becomes a stone statue. That's it. She has her little thing where she records everything and then that disappears. They were too busy giving character development to Claire and Phineas and Lily. You know what thing I would have done for Mystic Force is that I would have made all the Rangers the children of the original Mystic Wizards that fought in the Great Battle and that were all brought to the human world. I don't know why they didn't do that. That would have been really cool. That would have been such a cool idea. That's why they have their powers. It would have made more sense to be honest instead of just random people. Moving on to Veronica Ronnie Robinson, the Yellow Overdrive Ranger. Take it to Overdrive! Her first name is Veronica. Yes, that's where Ronnie comes from. I did not know that. Yeah, so she's a race car driver who's chosen by Andrew Harford because I guess she drives cars really fast. That's enough to become a Power Ranger. Sure. She's given the genetic power of speed, I think. Yeah speed sorry overdrives my blind spot <laughs> she's a speedy speed girl she likes weapons she maybe likes ties on because she's very concerned when he turns into a puddle of mercury she went back to racing for five minutes when they all quit in what's ranger she gets kidnapped a lot yeah i think that's about it so let's talk about her focus episodes ronnie really wants to use the new weapon which is a drill blaster and is annoying about it until she lets mac use it because he's the red ranger and only the red rangers and the guys get to use the cool fancy weapons next up is it's hammer time where ronnie gets hit on by the norse god loki and thor before marvel because she's a dead ringer for the goddess Rhea. we also have ronnie on empty ronnie gets chaptered by the fierce cat to power up some egg that'll power up multor zord that sounds convoluted why is it powering up an egg that then powers up the zord instead of just powering up the zord directly because okendra was about devices that did things and i guess the thing that they did was an egg there's a lot of steps to powering up a zord so Ronnie, does anyone else have anything to say about Ronnie? <laughs> like the silence is so loud. For this whole episode, we're like, yes, God, yes, Mama, yes, Queen. Or it's like, oh, no, Mama, no, man. Mm -mm. I was like, yeah, okay. I don't have anything negative to say about her. I don't have anything at all to say about her. <laughs> She's there. She's there like most of the Overridge Rangers, except for Dax. They're there. She's not annoying. She's not amazing. She doesn't really leave a mark. She doesn't incite rage or excitement. She's neutral. Yeah, I'm neutral about her. Moving on to someone that'll kill you with her kindness. Lily Chillman, the Yellow Jungle Fury Ranger. With the speed of a cheetah, Jungle Fury Yellow Ranger! Lily is one of the chosen three that trained at the Paishwa Academy to become the Guardians of Daishi. And she is sent to Ocean Bluff after Jared incites his rage upon Master Mao unleashing Daishi. So she goes to Ocean Bluff, goes to Jungle Karma Pizza, gets her little sunglasses and becomes the Yellow Jungle Fury Ranger. Good for her. <laughs> the one word to describe Lily is that she's nice. She's very nice. She likes to dance. She likes Theo. She thinks of Casey as her brother, even though the actors were dating at the time. Ugh. So yes, Lily is very nice. Again, another yellow ranger that's just there. I like her more than Ronnie. So yeah, we have a taste of poison for Lily where she does her little fisty thing. Oh, not that. That doesn't sound right. She does her little punchy thing with Rantipede and friend zones Casey because we kind of get a little, are they into each other? Are they not? And it's like, I'm flattered that you put yourself out there for me. Flattered? Yeah. It's obvious you have a little thing for me. Casey, you're a great guy, but you're like a little brother to me. 
That's the worst way to friend zone someone, by the way. We also have Dance the Night Away, where Lily teaches Casey and Theodore how to dance because the Monster of the Week does dancey things. I love that episode. We have Way of the Master, where Lily kills it with kindness by making Master Fant teach her how to use the jungle mace by planting flowers. Speaking of nice, her next episode, <laughs> Push to the Edge, shows how Lily is such a nice and considerate person that she gives Camille advice that leads her to reviving the sea overlord, Jellica. Oh, I love Jellica. Moving on to Bad to the Bone. Lily, again, is so damn nice. And we finally acknowledge she's so damn nice. So, of course, the monster of the week has the power to turn people bad. So the way Lily interprets being bad is that she starts wearing a leather jacket and starts eating chicken wings. That is so camp, though. And lastly, Fear and the Phantom. Lily teaches Master Fan Sneeze Gabby how to dance. And I guess at the end, she gets with Theo because they have their little once a week little date, but not date for some episodes that it's mentioned where they check out different restaurants and I guess at the end they're a thing now. I mean I'm not gonna say that like either of them could do better than the other so I guess they work. I don't know what it was with Disney but they did not do romance well. And I don't think it helps that Theo's an asshole so I wouldn't really root for anyone with him. Alright moving off to our last Disney era girly Summer Lands Down Ranger Operator Series Yellow huh. What a weird last name. Lansdowne? Lansdowne from the Lansdowne family because Summer is from a rich family. So of course she's a spoiled heiress. Her entire life she just pampered, treats her butler Andrews like shit until Vengex comes a knocking and she learns how real life is. When people don't care about how rich you are, she gets fucking flung out of a van by one of her besties. So Andrew just comes rolling in on an ice cream truck. He's like, hey bitch, wanna go to Corinth with me? You're almost there. There until grinders attack and poor Andrew sacrifices himself for Miss Summer. Ugh. Summer honestly has one of the best backstories of all the Ranger stories, I think. Except for Dr. K, of course. That one's the best, easily. So yeah, that kind of motivates her to be a better person. During the Battle of Corinth, she kind of tricks the audience because we didn't get these backstories till later on, so we assume she's like a medic or something because she takes a medic's jacket, she takes a motorcycle, she gets Scott out of the wasteland before the shields go up, so that pretty much gets her on the of Dr. K, so she's chosen to become Ranger Operator Series Yellow. And from there on, most of her focus is about her attraction to Dylan for the rest of the season. So yeah, like I said, Ranger Yellow, her backstory, she's a spoiled heiress. She made a promise to her parents that she'd marry some rich guy because her parents want to stay in high society and all their, their money were in computers. So they're pretty much poor now. So she promised to marry this rich guy. She doesn't want to marry this rich guy. Parent development. She fights in a wedding dress and her parents are like, whatever, we'll be poor. Just marry the rich guy. I know it doesn't teach a lesson, but if I had a rich man wanting to marry me, bitch, come on. Yeah, he was hot, but he was vain. And we got to teach the children not to trust vain people. But then for a little bit, it's a triangle. Like, does she want Scott or Dylan? And I'm like, when was Scott ever an option for her? We get Belly of the Beast. We get the almost kiss between her and Dylan but they get whale blocked at the end because the whale zord just bluges out a bunch of water that covers them. We also get the down dolls where the menses fall asleep and it's up to the girlies to fight Tanaya in an attack bot. That's oh that's a good episode. I guess her story ends where she leaves the wasteland with Dylan and Tanaya. <laughs> 
Hey everybody, this is CR Hannah, aka Gia from Power Rangers Megaforce and Super Megaforce, and you are listening to The Grid. Go, go, Megaforce! And you know what time it is? It's morphin' time! Let's talk about our first Neo Saban era ranger, Emily, the 18th Yellow Samurai Ranger. Go, go, Samurai! Yes. Miss White Farm Girl Emily is descended from Japanese samurai. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened, but I guess one Japanese samurai went to America and just married a white person, and down the line, they just married white people. So yeah, Emily, no last name, grew up on a farm. She was bullied by a ton of kitties. She would feel better when her sister Serena would play her little flute for her until she got sick, and she couldn't play her flute anymore. Serena. She was not intended to be the 18th Yellow Samurai Ranger her sister was, but she got sick, so she had to pass on her power to Emily and oh my god Serena was like having a nervous breakdown when she had to think that poor little Emily had to become a yellow samurai because she was gonna be in such danger I'm sorry because of me you're gonna be in such danger I just can't bear to think about it. Daytime Emmy. All right, so yeah, Emily's a little quirky girl. She's a farm girl. I guess she's a little fish out of watery at first because she doesn't know the city. And the second episode is pretty much dedicated to the rest of the team being like, she's just a farm girl. What does she know about the city? And she's just randomly training in the middle of a park for some reason. You know what would have been interesting? Super Samurai, okay? Because we got the Christmas episode where she's typing her little cunty email to Serena. Super Samurai. Serena is healed she's healthy she is ready to take her place on the team and that causes conflict uh, you know what would have been cool but they didn't do she's kind of in the same boat as Jaden because she was a replacement sibling you would think that emily would sympathize with Jaden a little more considering she's in the same boat they didn't do that that would have been some good potential yeah so emily she's a nice girl she's a girly girl girly pop she's nice she's compassionate she's considerate she has a thing for mike towards the ends because they're a couple now. She can do way better than Mike. Mike is 100% the kind of man that would take advantage of you. Oh, like the sticks and stones. All she wanted to do was give her frozen peas and then he was like, oh, stop pestering me, woman. Yeah. Mm-mm. So let's talk about some of her focus episodes. Sticks and stones. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Now shut it, creep! Emily fights off an insults from her team members and the Nylock, and we learn that she's a backup because her sister got sick. That is one of my favorite episodes of Power Rangers, period. I'm not even joking. <laughs> that monster is so funny. All this, the fucking insults he spews out. Just reading everyone for filth. I love it. We also have Team Spirit. It's Emily's birthday, so the Nylock takes away her soul. Perfect present, right? You take away her soul. Her spirit. Her soul should be dead. She wakes up for a minute. I'm like, how can you speak without a soul? Man, she has to share her birthday with the claws, or they were like fucking mooching in on her birthday. I'm like, oh, it's a Clouser's birthday too. We put his name on your birthday. I'm like, fuck that. It's my birthday. <laughs> Christmas together, friends forever. Emily writes a letter to her dead sister. I mean, 
Sick sister. They could have done so much with that. There is a lot of story potential for having a sister that's ill. Symbol power. They could have healed her. Could they have not? I think it's something a horse could create life out of thin air. Exactly. They could have healed her. I guess they didn't have the time. It's like the Chibo movie. Rocky gets his back broken and they didn't think to get Larigo to fix it up for him. I wouldn't want that little creepy dude touching my back regardless. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, The Strange Case of the Munchies, which is my favorite episode of Samurai, where Emily wants to be tough, so she decides to put on a Dr. K wig, some army pants, being like, oh, I'm tough. Vulcan Spike, hold some watermelons for me. I've got self-respect now. Yeah! And then she does the Morph the Lipstick, too. That was iconic. And then, like I said, her ending is being with Mike. And I guess they stay together and decide to be like, hey, let's go to the legendary battle together and have nothing to say. I know. Like what? They flew out for nothing? Why are they here? Give them something. Everyone else is doing stuff with a helmet effect over them. They got nothing. You know what the thing that kind of pisses, I mean, one of the things that pisses me about the legendary battle. They filmed original fight footage of them fighting x Why didn't they film fight footage of the rangers that came back fighting x That's what they should have done. And then they could have put in ADR of them finding them. Emily could have said, like, chopping down weeds back home again. That's a throwback. Everyone would have loved that. I would have, yeah. I wish she got actual fun. Focus. I feel like her focus is mostly like, oh, my sister. Oh, you know, Mike. She didn't get a lot that was about her. A lot of her focus is worrying about other people. And that goes to show the kind of character she is, but it doesn't really reward her with anything. I kind of wish some of her story was about her feeling like she's a replacement. And I kind of wish she would have a story where she proves herself or proves to herself that she's worthy of being the Yellow Samurai Ranger. Like uh, Lost Galaxy when, when Mike came back and Leo was just super self-conscious. Something like that. Exactly. All right, so... Done with Emily. Let's move on to Gia Moran, the Yellow Mega Force Ranger and Yellow Super Mega Force Ranger. This will take two seconds. So Gia is a student at Harwood County High School. She's tough, according to people. She has a tough girl image. She's bitching at math. And she's chosen by Gosei to be the Yellow Ranger. And I guess she is the second in command, according to Prince Ignites, where she leads the team in Troy's absence. She has kind of focus episodes, but not really. She doesn't have a single focus episode to herself. She has shared focus. 42 episode season. You would think they'd give her at least one focus episode about herself. So we got United We Stay. And where G and Emma take picks with a gay flower and are put under a spell by Zara to fight. One of my favorite episodes. We have Prince Takes Night, where she gets the head nod. And that's it. That is depressing. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of Gia's focus is being Emma's best friend, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And getting harassed by Jake the entire season. He can't take a fucking hit and he's rewarded at the end. What the fuck? Okay, moving on to the Cenozoic Era Yellow Ranger. She is an alien that is killed by Rita, and she passes on her powers to Zordon. Played by the same actress that is in the jewelry store scene? Yes. That's it. Moving on to Trini No Last Name in the 2017 movie universe. The first quote-unquote queer ranger 
She's a loner. She likes to listen to music while doing yoga in some rock quarry. Of all the places to listen to music and just vibe, you're like, I'm gonna go to a rock quarry. And then when stuff starts happening, point out to everyone else that it's a restricted area, ignoring that you yourself are in a restricted area. Excuse me, Miss Bitch. She gets harassed by Zach. She has problems with her family. She does a lesbian donut ballet with Kim at the Krispy Kreme. She has a love scene with Rita in her bedroom. A scene where she talks around the campfire and kind of says she's a lesbian but doesn't because we can't say full on that she's gay. My parents don't have to worry about my relationships. Boyfriend troubles. Yeah. Boyfriend troubles. Girlfriend troubles? My family is so normal. Too normal. They believe in labels. It's a PG-13 movie. Because it wouldn't do good in China and Russia if we said she was a full-on lesbian. Star Wars, Marvel, other Disney movies, they have a single second of representation that they can cut out for overseas. They couldn't even do that. They wanted to get their flowers for I'm not giving you flowers. I'm not even giving you a petal. I remember the marketing around this movie. Right before it came out, there was a lot of articles and interviews about her being the first queer character. The first queer superhero in a movie. They were already patting themselves on the back for representation that wasn't even there. This was an example of we planned six movies so we're not going to give this character that much focus. We're going to give her focus in the next movie. So they planned too far ahead. They didn't give her enough stuff to do. So she's kind of underdeveloped. All right, let's move on to Calvin Maxwell, the yellow ninja steel ranger. Strength of the ninja. Ninja steel, yellow. He is a student at Summer Cove High School who has a girlfriend named Taylor who drives him around because he does not know how to drive even though he's obsessed with his truck. Wait, he doesn't have a license? His first focus episode is about how he doesn't know how to drive. What kind of sense does that make? I guess they want to be like, oh, isn't that funny? So he owns a truck that he makes his girlfriend chauffeur him around in because he cannot drive. Yeah, it's hinted at because the first couple episodes wherever we see him and Nitro, Haley's over he's driving uh we're not off to a good start here Ew. so yeah he's obsessed with cars he's got a girlfriend and that's about his entire personality he likes cars and his girlfriend mostly his car ninja steel was super surface level with characters there was nothing going on there's no arcs except for birdie and that's pretty much it calvin and Haley break up at the end of the season for two seconds that's the big conflict of the fucking finale Haley and calvin were fighting so what then are you saying we're done they broke up Soon, Haley regretted it. All right, let's talk about some focus episodes. Drive to Survive. Calvin's a virgin that can't drive until after fighting a spider monster. Ace in the race. Calvin hangs out with some grease monkeys while his friends get turned into trophies. Speaking of monkeys, monkey business. Haley and Calvin both run for class president while their voices are imitated by a monkey phone monster. Moment of truth. Calvin forgets his anniversary with Haley, which causes bolts on their power stars from letting them morph until he tells the truth. Yes, this is a real plot. I'm not making this up. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 him forgetting their anniversary stopped them from being able to morph? Because there is a monster named Deceptron that puts little screws on their power stars, which causes them to not let them morph. 
the more they lie. So people lying gives the bolts more power. So it takes Calvin telling the truth to let the bolts disappear. My brain is bleeding from my ears. <laughs> this is a real plot. What kind of a tool? First of all, making his girlfriend drive him around in his truck and then forgetting their anniversary? Fuck him. Oh. Let's talk about some more toxicity. Attack of the Galactic Ninjas. Calvin thinks Haley is cheating on him with Preston, even though he knows they're acting in a play together. Calvin, you're not eating. You always eat. Is everything okay with you and Haley? You seem kind of upset before. I'm just confused. Ever since I started this class together, Haley and Preston have been hanging out a lot. And uh, this morning she called him my sweetness. Really? And that necklace that she's wearing? I'm pretty sure Preston gave it to her. Wait. You think there's something going on between them? For real? Cal, <laughs> no, you're imagining it. Oh my, that's not conflict. They're rehearsing for a play. Some real healthy relationship you got there. Whew. And lastly, car trouble. Tarek from Dino Fury offers Calvin a job at his car shop, which also has him almost drop out of high school. Why couldn't he just take the job get part-time after school? They did this because the literal entire season revolves around this fucking school. They're hanging out as a school. They go to school. Their base is in school. There's no escape from this fucking high school. We never have another fucking high school season again. Yeah, and of course, the finale, the literal plot of the finale is about Haley and Calvin having an argument over some audition Haley had. And they yell at each other. They break up for five seconds. Calvin gets put under control by Victor Amani's stupid clownery. He fights her in the warrior dome. They break free. They cut back together again. Blah, 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 whatever. Moving on to Zoe Reeves, the yellow beast morpher ranger. It's morphin' time! Zoe starts out as a laundry girl in Grid Battle Force who wants more with life. Shown in the first episode where she has a little chit chat with Mayor Daniels, how she likes to solve big problems, not make big problems, which kind of bites her in the ass later on, considering some of her choices later on in the season. She does the opposite of that. <sighs> yeah. Mm. My thing too is like, Miss Thing, you're the laundry girl. Why are you stopping and talking to the mayor? Go Get going. I need my sheets done, stat. All right, she stumbles upon the little glitch in the Morphex bonding of the new Beast Morpher Rangers. Kind of weird they did this the same day as the Morphex towers turning on, but what are you gonna do? But yeah, after Roxy and Blaze turned evil, she does her thing and she becomes the Yellow Beast Morpher Ranger. We also learn that she is the daughter of a newscaster in Coral Harbor, does the reporting for Channel 6 News. Channel 10. It's Channel 10. I'm looking at the database. Alright, it's Channel 10. It's Channel 10, okay. Channel 10 News, and she has a thing for Nate, we learn later on, because we first see that Nate has a thing for Zoe. Girl, closet is made of glass. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So the two get together. My whole issue with this is that she's the only girl on the team. First of all, all her focus is revolved around either her fucking up time and time and time again or around a man. And we already have a ranger romance in this season. So you're just belittling her to a repeated storyline. Yeah, because the whole Ravi and Roxy rangers can't do rangers that's kind of recycled with Nate and Zoe. She starts off doing what she said in the first episode in End of the Road. She attempts to motivate people. She solves a problem because 
because she doesn't want a road to be built in a forest. So she tries to promote X bikes to people, which is solving a problem. And then after that, things kind of start turn a little bit. A friend indeed is always a dick to Jax for not doing everything she asks well enough. She's like, why the fuck's my tablet, Jax? Has anyone seen my tablet? Jax says he put it in here to charge, but I've looked and he didn't. Oh, sometimes I think I'd be better off without a B-spot. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what? I heard that. Jax, I... See? Your tablet's charging. You... You put your coat over it. Jackson is like two feet tall. Give him a break. He's like glitchy. He's got little tiny arms. He doesn't even have arms. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna harass this poor little jackrabbit robot? I know, he already got his head ripped off by Ravi. We also learned later in the episode that they were hiding a thank you party for them. And I was like, oof, don't you feel like a dick now? I know. <laughs> Tools of the Betrayed. Zoe takes the blame for Bed and Betty, which kind of makes Devin not trust her. I guess she did that because she felt guilty and she's an empath. She felt bad for Ben and Betty. Girl, if I was taking the blame for Ben and Betty, I would be doing that every three seconds. Sound and Fury. We learned Zoe likes Nate and she gets blackmailed for it by the iconic Megan. Not so fast, Megan. Secret struggle. Zoe and Nate can't keep it in their pants anymore, so they go public. Finders keeper. She fucks up so hard this episode. She does a rash choice of going to Rijack ship where people say, Don't go into the ship. We don't know what kind of security it has. So she causes it to blow up. Oopsie. And then she also is like, Oh, there's an alien. I'm gonna fucking fling a compliance collar on it. And it's end up being keeper. So that causes keeper to be kidnapped by the robo duo which has evox learn how to make a dinosaur at the end she does save keeper and apologizes she's just correcting a mess she made fossil frenzy we learned zoe has a brother and takes it upon herself to clean a rare fossil he found and she accidentally melts it with acid this is like towards the end of season two and we're just now finding out she has a brother it says acid in big letters granted for her it was turned around but girl you're not checking that's kind of on me. Like, you have acid and cleaning solvent is the same color, and it's next to each other wherever you place your liquids. The label was backwards. She should have checked, but... Why the fuck does this need have acid in his lab anyways? What's he melting? She then climbs a mountain to get a new sample, which kind of makes her fuck up again because Robo Roxy finds her and uses a fossil sample from there to power up. I feel like the only good Zoe moment that I genuinely like is in the finale when she reveals her identity as the Yellow Ranger to her mom. That is so good. I love that moment. I wish she had more stuff with her mother. Zoe's kind of a mixed bag for me. I like her moments, but there's some moments where I'm like, really, girl? They just did her so dirty for being the only girl on the team. Alrighty. Moving on to our other Beast Morphers girly, Avatar Roxy. <laughs> Pathetic human. We Avatars serve Evox now. That was a surprise. I wasn't expecting this suit to be used in this way. Roxy is an avatar version of the real Roxy, the original candidate for the Yellow Beast Morpher Ranger and ex-girlfriend of Ravi, the Blue Beast Morpher Ranger. And that drama is used throughout the season because the real Roxy is unconscious. Roxy takes advantage of that by torturing Ravi, like in Digital Deception, where she takes advantage of her counterpart's past with Ravi and pretends she's the real one and tries to get a device to make a uh, avatar of Ravi. Oh, yes. I'm gonna turn you into an evil avatar just like me. Evil, but, but there's good in you. 
Do you really believe that? What a sucker. She serves, she slays, she's there with the one-liners and the sass. She's more competent than Blaze, even though she dies first. She did not deserve to go first. She goes first because she tries to distract Ravi from getting some more effects. So she fights him one-on-one. Oh, she poisons Roxy's tube, I think, yeah. And there's like a countdown. So Ravi gets his gorilla strength. He crushes her morpher, and she screams at the top of her lungs before she explodes. Okay, so let's Let's talk about our last Yellow Ranger on our list. Spoilers for once and always, Min Kwan, the third Yellow Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. It's Morphin Time! Tiger! That suit they recreated looked gorgeous. She's a great character. Hope to see her more in the future. Cosmic Fury, maybe? <gasps> I would love that. Okay, so now that we've discussed all the Yellow Rangers, let's list our top three favorite and least favorites. So my top three are Dustin, because he's a himbo and I love him. Tanya, because she's the sassy holiday monitor. And Kira, because I love Dino Thunder. I got two out of three of those, by the way. So my top best are Emily. She's my meme queen, just like chopping down weeds back home. Katie, I loved how she was such a strong character and she literally invented the term girl boss. And Ashley, just because she has some really campy moments and honestly just some of my all-time favorite episodes that I've seen like 50 times. Let's move on to our least favorites. Mine are... Ronnie's definitely in there because she's a nothing character. Lily's in there because she's a nothing character. Maybe Chip? I don't know. It's hard to do least favorite. There aren't any characters that offend me on this list. So those are my three, I guess. Austin? You guess, but I know these are my least favorite. Okay. 2017 movie Trini, Queen of Queer Baiting, Calvin, literally invented toxic masculinity, and the Yellow Alien Ranger, just because no name. Titus. Alrighty. So what did you think of our ranking? Do you agree with us? Tweet us at the Grid PR to tell us your favorite Yellow Rangers. We'll see you next time for a brand new episode of the Grid. But until then, everybody say bye. 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 Bye-bye. This has been a Morphin Legacy production, bitches. <laughs>